There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This podcast is powered by Sports Drink. Your digital water cooler. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Talk in the Net, uh, your basketball player development podcast. I'm your co-host Dave Severs, along with my good friend and co-host Mike Procopio. Uh, Sweet Chuck, how you doing on this beautiful April day? Well, I'm still fat and stupid, so I guess we're doing the regular uh, regular deal. But I am excited that we're, you and I are actually together. We're not, uh, we're not, you know, we don't have to call into a Zoom for this thing. We could actually talk hoop and. You know, talk about point guard play and development and things right. like that. So it'd be great. Are you gonna give us one of your fucking spiels about you know, setups, like your fucking, you know, like your Chris Paul to Blake Griffin and the alley oop to the one of these like 
one of these sponsor deal ad copy stuff. I mean, I'm sure the sponsors are really making trillions of dollars off the seven people, five of which are homeless, uh, listening to us right now. But you know, uh, whatever you want to talk about, we're good with. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to the to the ad copies later. Hey, but the people at Sports Drink, you know, they're down there in New Orleans, and they're just happy that they beat the Clips on Friday night, a game that I was at, Sweet Chuck. Um, and then, uh, you know, they were able to get into that playoff thing. You know, they're going to have a tough time with Phoenix, but they're just happy as heck down there in New Orleans that they made it into this thing. And good for them. You know, Willie Green, good for him, starting off 1-13 or whatever they were. Yeah, they were tough. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, it was a good week in the NBA playoffs. We checked. We're, we're together face-to-face, like you said, down here in Irvine doing some work. But we want to talk today about uh, specifically the point guard position and what you and I are thinking is really important in developing point guards. And in my opinion, point guard in the NBA is the second hardest position in pro sports to play behind the quarterback uh, in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of which the point guard, I think point guard, a lot of the, their, their ability to be, to make a difference in the game and have impact is a lot of God-given stuff, like a lot of reads and a lot of brains and a lot of just basketball IQ and just sort of vision, but there's a lot of little things that I think, even if your point guard isn't the pass-first type or the ones that can make plays for everybody, but you can refine some things like pick-and-roll offense, pick-and-roll reads, finishing, ball handling, and all the stuff that we'll talk about. But I think, like, again, if you don't have a point guard that has great vision, there are other things that you can refine to make him or her uh, an impact player for your team. Like you said, it's the second hardest you know position to play in sports. So it's uh, it's something that just like any other position takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, and you just got to sort of be you just got to be with your player every step of the way because there's going to be a lot of ups and downs like there is in you know any type of development in, in basketball. Yeah, and as we talk about working with point guards at any level, high school, college, pros, I think you and I both agree that. The first thing they have to be able to really do well is handle the ball. Sure. Um, you know, ball handling is, is so crucial for a point guard, cause obviously, because they got the ball more than anybody. But I think, you know, when you're working with point guards, you have to do a lot of ball handling, whether that be stationary or against, you know, a defender. Um, you know, either way, on the move, stationary, whatever. But they've got to be able to come, become really, really comfortable with the ball in their hands. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, there's a million ways to get there um, as far as being a good ball handler. Everyone's got their sort of spiel about what makes, you know, how to develop a point guard, you know, or any type of player's ball handling. Um, you know, I remember something Kobe would tell me when we would work out. And he says ball handling to him, he doesn't go really too crazy with elaborate drills. He just wants to be able to develop the strength in his hands, fingers, wrists and forearms to put the ball where he wants it when he wants it so I sort of follow that model and you know anytime I work with a player mostly we do stationary that's not to say that's the only way to develop someone's ball handling but I think developing the strength in your hands and fingers and wrists are really a really important part of you know being able to handle the ball just to be able to put it where you want it and protect it and not get it ripped I think it's it's sort of a skill that like I said there's a million ways to do it and you know like I saw the way you do it, we, I did it my way during our workouts sure. this week, and it's always good to see someone else's sort of view on how to develop that skill. Yeah, and you know the number one priority for a point guard when it comes to ball handling 
is you got to get the ball from point A to point B, wherever that is. Mm -hmm. if, if, that's, if, if point A is the outlet and point B is the down the court in the operating area, that's fine. If point A is you know in a pick and roll and point B is you know coming off the pick and making a read, you got to be able to get the ball and transport it from point A to point B without turning the ball over. That's that's number one thing. Um, and then, like you said, there's a lot of ways to develop your, your point guard ball handling skills, but at the bottom line is getting the ball from here to there without turning it over uh, is where you know kind of every offense starts. So uh, you know when you're working with your guards, you got to keep that in mind. Are they able to transport the ball from point A to point B without turning it over? Yeah, um, I remember working in a position camp, one of the first ones I've ever seen. Actually, the the only one I've ever heard about. It was like in 1995. Um, there's a, a company called Eastern Invitational, which is now Hoop Group. Guy named Rob Kennedy, who runs, they run all these camps and events now, but um, he, he did the point guard school, and they, they had point guard, wing, and post. Actually, Dave Hopla ran the, the wings. He did the shooting part of the camp, but he told me, it made a lot of sense. He told the camp, there's five places on the ball that you handle the ball, on top of the ball, the two sides, and back and forth. So being able to put the, you know, being able to handle the ball, you know, side to side, back, forth, you know, straight up and down is important. And then taking care of the ball, he said a lot of good things. He said in the backcourt, the, the game's played mostly in straight lines. Where in the half court, yes, it is straight lines, but there's a lot more side to side that happens, pick and rolls, you know, maneuvering. So being able to, you know, have that, you know, mentality of pushing the ball up in the backcourt, getting it over, and then in the half court, you know, it's going to be, yes, straight lines, but you know, it's going to be more side to side in, in a lot of situations, being able to put, bring the ball from the top to the left or the top to the right, enter the ball in the post, whatever you're going to do, a lot of it's going to be more side to side action. So taking care of the ball, turn, you know, assist to turnover ratio, those things really come into play, but it's just simply take care of the ball, you know, taking care of the ball and know where and when to give the ball up. And you know, speaking of taking care of things, sweet Chuck, we go. We, we, go. we have to be able to take care of our health. We got to be able to reclaim our health, arm our immune system with convenient daily nutrition, sweet Chuck, especially during the cold and flu season. Now we're kind of coming toward the end of that cold and flu season, but still, it's really important to take care of your immune system. Uh, you know, one scoop with your cup of water every day with the athletic greens, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of these immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Uh, you know, take your ownership over your health, sweet Chuck, and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know, I sort of threw a fucking hanging curveball to Barry Bonds in the steroid era, giving you that fucking mark into that yeah, to the next ad. Yeah. Now... Immune system is important, but can we can we take something that makes us immune to fucking bad basketball trainers? Because <laughs> like like they're fucking everywhere. Like they're everywhere. Uh, so unfortunately, sweet Chuck, there's no pill or you know powder that that can make us immune from that. I got a better chance of fucking not you know not eating pasta again in the next 24 hours right. than than eating and then ordering from Athletic Greens, but. If Athletic Greens gives me an immunity pill against bad trainers and bad basketball, I will fucking double down and, and pay for two for the one for the price of two. But go ahead. Let's well, go. Yeah, well, the other thing we could do, Sweet Chuck, is now we have this thing called 
ColorCast. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay. it's your live audio-only sports platform, right? It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, Sweet Chuck, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's great for your watch parties or your debates. You have any debates in your house, Sweet Chuck? Seth, you're the only asshole that I know that has a rotary <laughs> dial on their fucking cell phone. There's no chance you're going to fucking download that up. No, All right? no. Me and Mike Woodson are the only guys that still have a flip phone. <laughs> yeah, flip phone. <laughs> You know, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news, download your ColorCast app free from the App Store, create your profile, and just link it to your Twitter and join your league or your group. And always, Sweet Chuck, come with your spiciest takes. Now, back to point guards. Sure. Okay. Also, passing yeah. and taking care of the ball. Taking care of the ball. No, I'm sorry. Ball handling and taking care of the ball. Yeah. What's number three? Well, well passing. Okay. You know, and passing is, passing is decision-making. Sure. Okay. You know, you have to be able to execute certain types of passes, obviously. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, you got to be able to execute. First of all, let's start in the backcourt, sweet Chuck. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you've received the outlet pass and you're the point guard. Sure. The first thing you got to be able to do is get your head up and make the advanced pass if it's available. Really, the only time, in my opinion, that you really work on a true chess pass mm -hmm. is to advance the ball up the court in yeah. a fast break. Really, mm -hmm. that's the only time. That you would, that's why it blows me away when I, I watch young kids, you know, and, and work with coaches and they work on chest pass, chest pass. You very rarely use a chest pass anymore. Yeah, I would say the look ahead and I would say swing, swing, mm -hmm, right? Like from point, either point to wing or wing to corner, corner to wing, and, and like that. But very rarely do you, besides just swinging the ball around against the zone or if the man's sort of sagging. Like, you know, throwing the passes, but like, I agree, the chest pass is a little overrated as far as the usage. Yeah. You know, so you get the ball, and, and the first thing you got to be able to do is, is be able to advance the ball up the court, you know, usually up the sideline, but it could be cross court too from the wing. Uh, so as you're a point guard coming up, you got to be able to have your head up, see what's open up the court, cross the court, up the sideline. Uh, so that's the first kind of pass you need to be able to make. Yep. Yep. What else? Now, the second thing is, is, is being able to swing the ball like you said. Okay. And, and, you know, taking the ball from, say you get the ball from the wing and you want to reverse it to the other wing. you got to be able to make what I call push pass. Push pass. Okay. Push pass kind of with your outside hand, you know, coming off your shoulder or off your armpit and being able to take that ball and, and push pass it to the other side of the court. Now, it can be off the dribble with one hand. Or you could, you know, put your second hand on the ball. But you got to be able to make push passes with both hands. Sure. Okay? Okay. Now, the other thing, especially with high school and colleges, mm -hmm. is the skip pass because they see more zones than the sure. NBA does. So you got to be able to skip the ball. Maybe it's top to corner or wing to wing. You know, the overhead skip pass is still something that I think you've got to be able to execute as, as a guard, as a point guard. Uh, so there's the skip pass. Now there's all... The pick and roll passes, uh, the pocket pass with both hands, uh, the jump pass, the hook pass. Those are those are the three passes that you're going to see most often in the pick and roll. Uh, again, pocket passes, jump passes where you jump and skip the ball, and then the hook pass with both hands across the court. Lob passes, and a lob. Ah, I forgot the lob. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, being able to throw the lob pass also. And, and you know, Seth, like with passing, again. I think only players it's like being a Jedi in Star Wars. Like some some people just gifted it, like just being great vision players. But as a passer, 
to me, being able to pass with both hands and be accurate, like put it where the where the shooter or your teammate wants it. Like you don't have to have this great package of passes all the time. If you if you master two or three of them, that's great. But being able to pass on target and on time is really, I think, an important skill. Like passing, like really emphasize throwing strikes. Right. Like get it and. I think for your the players that you're working out, like the two guards or whoever you're throwing to, they need to give that like a catcher or a pitcher. They need to give a good target. Right. You know, to be able to hit them right in that target. I remember listening to a long, long time ago, old legendary coach at Temple named John Chaney. Sure. You know, he, he would talk about shooting, but he said the shot begins with the pass. The shot's in the pass. Yep. Um, you know, like you said, you know, really being able to put the ball on target. And that's a skill in itself. You know, so many, and especially the higher up you go in levels, the the less margin of error there is for a bad pass because the defense is going to be able to cover so quick, and the guys are so long that if the ball's anywhere off target, then then the, the ability to shoot it is, is going out the window. Well, the problem, you know, with most trainers and stuff, with players that work with trainers, you know, you're doing all these like hesitation moves while juggling tennis balls and trying to like juggle balls on your nose like a fucking sail. So there's no really no way to a actually work on your passing. So, you know, yeah. and, then, and then they're throwing forks and knives at you and you know, you're dodging fucking airplanes and big tires and stuff. So it's really hard to really focus on your passing. But I think that, you know, spending time working on these types of passes that you're talking about, I saw you do it, you know, in the last couple of days with our pre-draft clients and you know, the importance of it, and I don't spend enough time on it myself, and I should do more, and it's great because those passes, you watch you watch film and you watch these NBA players play, especially in the playoffs, and they execute all these passes, and you're sure. like, fuck, that's what just Seb just worked on last night, and, you know, I think you don't need to be doing 40 of them, but if you're doing three or four or five a day, right. and then just sort of, you know, just keep working on different stuff, a different thing that I think it will be good for you. And I think as a coach, it's it's especially like high school, college. Keep in mind, you know, if you're doing what if you're doing any kind of a shooting drill, set it up to where the players have to pass. Yeah. You know, make them the passer, and you be the observer and the teacher, and, and make corrections. You know, me and you don't need to improve our passing. We're yeah. never going to play. But Bob Huggins said that. I mean, well, come on. I remember uh, going to a clinic in 99 in Atlanta and that one of those Nike deals and Huggins is pa um, talking and he says that I never let my managers and coaches pass because come January my managers and, pa and my coaches are my best passers. Yeah. So like all, always my players are coaches. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, that was, that was pretty smart. And, and once you are able to execute these certain passes that we just talked about, then it becomes down to decision making. You know, knowing when to make the pass, you know, the defense will tell you usually what to do. And, and the decision-making part is where I really feel that film work can help. Sure. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be with Chris for five years. And Chris who? CP. No. Chris Paul. Chris, Chris Paul? Paul. Yeah. Okay, good. Not Chris Dunn. Well, one of our 14 people <laughs> listening might be fucking confused. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and you were with Luca, so you know that some guys just have the gift of vision. They can just see it. Yeah. And, and, but some guys can't, and they've yeah. got to be able to develop that and, and improve on that. And the one way is through film work. Uh, you know, if you if you take a guard, a young guard that doesn't have great vision and doesn't have the feel for where the opening is, you got to be able to spend time with him with film work and to be able to teach him, you know, where the reads are and so forth. Yeah, I remember talking to Kevin McHale um, 
Mikhail's one of the most knowledgeable guys I've ever seen as far as, you know, as far as just playing the game simply. And he goes, you know, sweet shot, he goes, the most important thing I think for a player, especially at a higher level, at any level, if you're a good player, being able to make decisions when you, you know, being able to attract that second defender and then make a play off that second defender to get your teammates involved and get your teammate the ball. Like, you know, if you could draw double teams, what can you do with when that second defender comes up? And can you make that play? And I think that's where film comes up. I mean, if you, if you sort of compare it like Brunson and Luca, Luca is this natural passer. Brunson is a, is a smart player in his own right, but he's more of like a film, read the film, read the, you know, make the read. It's, not, it's more natural to score and penetrate to, for him, in my opinion, rather than make like plays before they're even there. Like Luca can make plays, he's like Larry Bird-like. Sure. And Brunson can make plays, you know, in, in your system, in your offense, but it's more like study, 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 study. It's just, it's a difference, and it, and it doesn't make him any less of a player. It's just like like we've been talking about, some people are just more naturally gifted passers than others, and the others just gotta work on it and be accurate with their right. passes and things. It, it's funny, uh, probably the most gifted vision, passer, just natural innate ability to do that that I've ever been around was a guy we had about four or five years ago, Sweet Chad, came over from Serbia, I think. His name was Milos Teodosic. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. out of shape. No doubt. Horrible defender. Sure. Uh, kind of a lazy shooter. But you talk uh, like vision and passing and just knowing where the ball should be three seconds before it even happens. Yep. And being able to put it on target. He might have been the best guy I've ever been around and seen live, you know, that had that kind of ability. He, he, he was amazing. I mean, he had, he had other stuff that, you know, yeah. whatever. But No, it's, it's, it, it's impressive watching those guys yeah. in division, like Bird, yeah. Magic, Jason Kidd, um, Rondo, you know, Luca, Chris Paul. Those guys are just, Jokic, those guys yeah. are the special passers. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, but work, like, and that's the thing, like, I would say 90 plus percent of players aren't like that. So you have to spend more time on passing, 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 just to make sure they're accurate, they can throw them, they can throw them with both hands, they know how to set it up. And I think that's why spending you know, more time on it, it's really important. Okay, the next thing I think, and you just mentioned it, uh, the point guard, you know, we got, we got the ball handling, the passing, the vision, decision making. Uh, especially now, with the way the game is played tonight, you, those point guards have to be able to get into the paint. Sure. They got to be able to drive their man, whether it's in a pick and roll or if it's in one on one, or you know, attack on a closeout. They have to be able to get into the paint and be able to stop. However, you want to teach them to stop, stride, stop, jump. I don't care. Right. And then be able to make a decision out of that. But they got to be. If you're a point guard that can't ever get into the paint, you're going to really struggle. Yeah, I remember like working at Nike and you know Tate's lock. You know Tate was great working in any position, but. He spent a lot of time with the point guards. Okay, for you listeners, if this is your first time, our podcast is Caught in the Net in honor of Tate Slock. So. There you go. No <laughs> doubt. You know, if he uh, ever listens to this, we're, we're, we're fucking... Uh, we're going to have balls busted for yeah. sure. But he would always say a couple of things. A, share the sugar. Obviously, yes. it's a cliche term, but it's, it, it's smart, you know, sharing it. But he would always have this one... The first thing when he talked about point guards is being able to change speeds. And I yeah. think to get in the, you know, we talked Jalen Brunson, 
you know, which I, his, his dad, Rick Brunson, Rick. was one of the slowest guards you ever want to meet, was in the NBA 10, 12 years. It was one of the best high, point guards in high school. He was a McDonald's All-American. But his ability to change speeds really set the defender. And, and, and then I coined it, set your defender up slow and finish him fast right. and be able to, you know, and that, that's what gets you into the paint. Some players, they're too much east to west and they can never get there because they're doing all this bullshit ball handling that they never can use in a game. Secondly, they play with one speed and they're easily scouted or, or they get stopped. But if you could, you know, if you could start, stop, start again, or, or just change your speeds, it can, you know, setting up pick and roll, setting up transition, um, drag screens, what have you. But changing speeds, playing with multiple speeds is important. But getting that paint is very important. Yeah, and you know, just off the top of my head, thinking of non, what we would think of non-athletic point guards. Now, athletic meaning, you know, burst, quickness, verticality. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of non-athletic point guards that could get into the paint consistently because they change speeds just like you're talking about. And probably the best that I've seen it being kind of a non-athlete is Steve Nash. Yep. I mean, he wasn't, I, to me, he's a great athlete. No, 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 it wasn't explosive or anything. It wasn't explosive. Like, the guy could play soccer, he could play tennis. But he could set he could, you up. But he could set you up, and he was really good at changing speeds. And... You know, then you at the opposite end of that, you take an unbelievably explosive athlete like Russell Westbrook, yeah. who never changes speeds really. Right. He just kind of goes at one gear. Yeah. And that's what enables him to get into the paint. No doubt. Uh, but you know, for, for most point guards don't have that kind of burst and explosiveness, so they got to be able to change it up and and change speeds to be able to get in the paint. Now, what you get in the paint, sweet Chuck, you know, you got to teach your guards to be able to stop. Yeah. Uh, strike stop, jump stop, pivot, make play. The best I've ever seen in teaching that, as I remember a few years ago, I did a, a USA clinic with uh, Jay Wright oh, of yeah. Villanova. And he, oh, yeah. He yeah, did yeah. an unbelievable job of, of you know, he had it, his, you know, his guards out there. And, and just the way that he's able to teach penetration, stop, pivot, throw behind, all that stuff, you know, was really good. And then you watch his guards play. You know, watch Brunson, watch, you know, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, we had a kid seven or eight years ago named Randy Foy. Ooh, yeah. He was really good. He, you know, DiVincenzo, Mike Nardi. <laughs> I'm going back through the Villanova book here, but. No, but like. Being able to get in there and pivot and stop and all that's really important. Yeah, like a lot of people during the, um, it was the Final Four, during the tournament, they would go to his open practice. I want to say it was Final Four. And yeah, yeah, like right. no, it was all those drills that they would do, like getting in the paint, jump stop, and methodically like a fucking robot. But I think again, if you keep doing the simple stuff over and over, and, and so much in player development is sort of like dominate developing. Simple. Yeah, dominate simple, but habit, habit, habit. And that's the thing. You can't just go to one thing and, and, and really stress it, but only work on it once a month. Like there has to be some type of like your foundation of three, four, five, six, eight things that you do, even if it's for a minute per drill or per session, being able to just keep on having those great habits and just make them like, at some point, not even think about it. They're just, they just do it because of the fact you do it every day. And I think pivoting and getting in the pain and making those stride stops and jump stops are really important, but having solid feet, not traveling, being on balance, being able to make those plays, you're only going to do it if you, I think, do it two, three, four, five minutes a day at least. You sure. Know? Yeah. Um, 
All right, so now we've kind of talked about ball handling, passing, decision making, you know, being able to drive and get into the paint, sweet Chuck. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's talk about now the shooting part of point guard play. Mm -hmm. And that's the importance of the different types of shots that you have to be able to, to make as a point guard. Right. So let's, let's start with that, sweet Chuck. Okay, so... I think the first thing that comes to mind, we'll, we'll get out of the pick and roll for a second. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get out of that. Right? Yeah. So, like, being able to enter the ball in the post, and, like, in Dallas, they coined it jet cuts for, you know, for Jet Terry. Um, you know, yeah, like, he would just throw it in the post and cut, like, because it's Dirk, right? They would double it. They wouldn't double on Brendan Hayward's fat ass, but they would do, like... Dirk, they throw it down to Dirk and they would cut baseline yeah. and he would get into that like 15 yeah. foot shot. So like being able to make the elbow jump shot, the 15 foot short corner jump shot off a of post entry. And then also if you can, it's not all that important, but if it's great, if you can do it, be able to make that same pass and, and then relocate to three in the corner in the top. You know, I think, I think five spots, two corners, elbows and the free throw line is really important. And then those three-point shots, two in the corner, wings and top, you know, are very important shots just off the top of my head. And then you could elaborate and take it even further. But I think those shots, those spot-up shots, you know, relocating and, and being able to catch and shoot are really important. And then what, what you, let's cover non-pick-and-roll, right. off-the-dribble pull-up stuff. Okay. What, what do you I, think? I, I think? I think they've got to be able to shot fake and go one dribble left or right. Right. Depending on where the closeout is. Right. So those guards got to be able to work on catching it at the three-point line, you know, shot faking the closeout, and being able to go left or right. It might be two dribbles to the left, two dribbles to the right. And, and not talking about floaters now, we're talking about pull-up jump yeah. shots. Right. So they've got to be able to make those mid-range shots, you know, not pick and roll, uh, off, off of a kick out, a skip, a driving kick. They've got to be able to shot fake and take one or two dribbles both directions to get into their jump shot. Yeah, I remember uh, working Snow Valley and, and <laughs> Nike too. Like, and and you get the warrior drills. And yeah, you had warrior drills, but like, you know, all the conditioning shooting stuff that we did. But there was a lot in there about just like going around the horn. I think the drill was called around the horn, where it was one dribble pull up, Can't one dribble pull up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like. I think being able to master one dribble pull up right left, two dribble pull up right left, and really have good feet, hard dribble, last dribble, hard dribble, you know, get into your shot pocket, and then also, you know, last foot to hit the ground going left is always left, and last foot to hit the ground going, or last foot to hit the floor going right is your right foot, and really having solid footwork, hard dribble in your shot, and good balance in your shooting. But I think because like all this other stuff, pick and roll, handoff, isolation, if you pull up and shoot, like yeah, the handoff and pick and roll being able to execute that's important. But the end result, the is, end the result is the same thing. Yeah. So if you spend like six, seven, eight minutes on the one dribble pull ups and things, now when you're coming off pick and roll, yeah, you have to teach it how to execute it. But the ending you you've already worked on, right. so it's gonna be it's going to be a little easily, more easily implemented. A lot of times, Sweet Chuck, you start with the end in mind. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at you. That's how, <laughs> that sounds like a fucking, like one of those Indian things in 1883. Yeah, I think I... <laughs> in seven generations, my people are going to come for this land. 1883, God rest their soul. Probably one of our favorite shows that we've fucking seen. Fucking great show, man. <laughs> um, so, 
Okay, so you, you got the catch issue, we got the one dribble pull-ups. Now, once you master the dribble pull-ups, then, then you can start playing around with step backs. Yeah, sure. You know, stuff like that, you know, yeah. off, off the drive, stepping back and being able to shoot. Right. Now, the next thing you mentioned that I think is really important is to be able to play as a point guard off of uh, penetration. Off, You've got to be able to relocate yeah. and find open windows. Say you come off the pick, you swing it. Now you've got to be able to find open areas and be able to relocate um, once you give the ball up. And the best guy that we've seen is, is Curry, obviously. Yeah, sure. He's, he's, you know, it's, it's so hard to guard. It really, when I see young guards, especially high school guards, they penetrate uh, and they kick it and then they stand. Stand. And it, number one, it screws up your space. Yeah. Number two, it, it doesn't allow you to get open for the next available shot. So, so yeah. the next penetration could be back to you. And also three seconds. And there's three seconds in the key. Yeah. So I think relocation, teaching them where the windows are on penetration. You know, if it's a wing to middle penetration and kick, you know, where do you go? And so we guards, yeah. point guards have to work on how to relocate after a penetration. Yeah, I think, I think they need to have their eyes always head up and eyes always moving and being able to like, all right, when I make this pass, then quickly look, you know, scan the floor of, all right, where do I relocate to? Sometimes it's in your offense where you do it. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's just an open offense where you just kick it and now you're just going to go to an open area. But yeah, like, what do you do there? Like there's, then there's the catch and shoot. Then there's the, you know, then there's the jab stuff to, to create your shot. So you know, I think that those shots are important. Relocating for shots, relocating for, you know, jab, your jab offense to create space because playing without the ball in your hands is a really important part of the game, you know? Yeah. I, I like to do, you know, if I, if I have point guards, you know, I like to do a lot of drive and kick drills, two on O, three on O, mm -hmm. and then add defense, you know, two on two, three on three. Sure. Uh, I, I think a lot of the, the more you can get them to understand spacing, the better. Um, okay, next thing, three-point shooting. Okay. Okay, I think I think point guards have to be able to shoot the ball in transition mm -hmm. off the three-point line. Mm -hmm. um, I think they have to be able to shoot, obviously, spot three-point shots. They have to be able to shoot uh, corner threes because sometimes the point guard ends up in the corner. they got to be able to shoot corner threes, spot threes from the wings. they got to be able to shoot threes in transition off the dribble. Yeah. Um, so... Three-point shooting, you know, it becomes very, very important for point guards. Sure. Three-point shooting, like you said, spot-ups, the one one and two dribble transition going straight line. Right. The change direction, three-point shots off a crossover or between the legs, whatever. Because that then, once you start working on the crossover and the between the legs, one dribble pull-up three, now when you come and pick and roll, that's natural that's because you've worked is. on it. Yeah. So that's the finish versus the setup. But like those are all the situations. Look, the spot up, the on the move, the one dribble, the two dribble, um, and then the change direction three. I think once you do that, you you sort of you're sort of covering all of the, your bases of you know where those shots are going to be. Okay. Uh, the next thing, sweet Chuck, for a point guard, and this this is the meat of their development, especially the higher levels you go, sure. is, is the pick and roll game. Yep. Um, Probably the best guy I've ever seen. You you talked about the uh, Skill Academy position. Yeah. Remember we had the, um, I think it was in New Jersey. We I think at, you had Nash. Nash, yeah. And I was at Kobe's. Right. You were at Nash. We were at some Division three school yeah, in, in New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. I can't remember what it was I called. I think it was in Newark. Or Union College. Union. Something it, it was like in, yeah, something like that. But 
you know, and here's Steve Nash, and he's teaching these these top college kids the pick and roll game, and probably the best teaching that I've ever seen on, on how to understand pick and roll was was those four days that we spent with Steve Nash. But you know, he talked about the the four S's of the pick and roll. Um, you know, the the uh, the setup, the, you know, the separation, the scoring. Those things are really important. Um, so let, let's let's take a look at forget the different angles, step sure. up high, all that stuff because really yeah. it's kind of all the it's same. It's all the same, just, it's different, just different locations. Yeah. So you know when we're in the pick and roll, um, the first thing you you got to be able to do is set your defender up. Sure. Um, and what I mean by that is make make the defender think you're going you know one way and then you come off the screen to go the other way. And to be able to set your defender up, the ball handling comes into play. However you can get that defender to shift his weight away from the screen and then be able to come off the screen is your setup that I think is really important. No doubt. You know what else is important, Sweet Chuck? Oh, fuck. Here we go. These athletic greens, I'm telling you, they can really help you help you out, okay? They're, they're high-quality, Sweet Chuck. You have 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, in uh, in this one scoop of athletic greens, it's really good. And the thing is, less than three dollars a day contains less than a gram of sugar. No GMOs. I have no idea what a GMO is. <laughs> yeah, I have no fucking yeah, idea. Yeah, GMO. Figure that one out, sweet child. Yeah. I think it has to do with like artificial chemicals and sure. stuff like that. So anyway, it's time to reclaim your health. Athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And it's good to have those travel packs, we Chuck, when you're taking all those If packs. you look at my body, a scoop should be a fucking tractor scoop. One of those huge fucking tractors that are pulling dirt out of A backhoe? A backhoe, yeah. <laughs> a backhoe That's what they need scoop. to cover. They, that's, that's, what, that's what how much you know greens I need. So, go ahead. <laughs> and then... Also, oh, this is an also. Oh, sure. Oh, great. Also, you know, this is this is what we call a call to action, sweet show. Oh, call to action. All you need to do for this ColorCast app, it's great. You go to the app store, you download it, and like I said earlier, create your profile, join your Twitter league or group. You're you're a fantasy like football, baseball guy. Just won my league in basketball. I was down four hundred points. Yeah, so if you get a ColorCast app, sweet Chuck, you can join you know all these leagues and talk about your favorite. Players and teams and stuff like that. Um, always come with your spiciest takes on the color cast apps. Sweet well, Chuck. Yeah, I mean, come on. How many fucking apps do we need, really? Seriously. <laughs> All right, great. You know what? You know what are the best apps? The one of the, the the ones that are not on your phone. Yeah, the best apps to me, Sweet Chuck, are, are like fried zucchini. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fried calamari. I'm big. Yeah, I'm a big. I'm a big. Those are the apps. Show. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, we had the other night. Me and my wife went to Fish Farm in Manhattan Beach. They have these asparagus spears. Oh yeah, you know, deep fried. Sure. Uh, as an app, yeah, ridiculous. The asparagus are so thick, so we chuck. It's like it's like little tree branches. Nice apps. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, I didn't apps. think of that shit. I didn't <laughs> think of that. Great. All right, so we we teach how to separate on the pick and roll. Right. Uh, set up. Excuse me. Set up. The next thing is to be able to separate from your defender in that pick and roll. Yeah, I think I think it's important, especially with the physicality. Sometimes is allowed, you know, being able to separate your man and get and set them into the screen. And I think as a point guard, you got to do a good job not only setting your man up and then waiting for that screener to come. 
you know, don't don't leave too early with that. Yeah, you know, that guy's going to be that that screen is going to be called for a moving screen. Mm-hmm. So and then set your man up into the screen. So now, you know, now to try to really you know sort of execute your pick and roll, the setup what you talked about, you know, keep you know, setting your defender up and then waiting for the screen and then burying that man in the screen or at least read how they're going to guard you. But I think if you can get as many hits as possible with your man into the screen. The screener has to do their job, but you have to do your job with the setup and then getting your man into the screen to sort of, you know, figure things out. Right. And, and if you do those things, you're, you should be able to separate from your defender. And I like to teach the guards when I'm working with them, Sweet Chuck, is, is you, the first thing you've got to think when you separate is score. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you go with that ball as far as the defense allows you to go. And if that's all the way to the rim or that's all the way for a floater, you got to be aggressive to think score first. And then everything that you decide to do after the score is taken away is secondary. But the first thing I think you got to do is you got to look for score. Yeah. You got to look for score yourself. But also, like, yeah, for sure. And, and you need to know again, we've already covered all the reads right. yeah. with all the offensive stuff we've done the two dribble pull up, the. Um, you know, the, if they go under the screen, shooting the three, if, you know. But now let's just talk about the other stuff like the snaking yeah. or the... Repick. The re-screen. Yeah, yeah, so we talk about that. Yeah. Snaking, you know, for, for the listeners, that's just basically taking... Say you come off the, the pick and roll and you're going to your right, all right? And now you, you change directions and you snake back to your left. Uh, a lot of times you'll see guards do this when the defender gets on their butt and they got the defender, I call it a butt stop, and then they're able to keep their guy on their butt. Some people call it, you know, put him in jail or whatever. Um, so you got to be able to snake that screen back across uh, and get kind of get away from the defense. So that's one thing you got to be able to do. The next thing is be able to use a rescreen. Rescreen would be now your big's got to help you on this because if the defender goes under the first screen, uh, the big should just turn and rescreen and now make that defender go over on the second screen, and you've got to be able to come back off the screen, and you should have an, an easy mid-range jump shot available. Yeah, I think those things are really important. I mean, the other stuff we've covered, like we talked about, but being able to execute the snake, and then you know the snake and then the re-screen, I think are two things that you should spend some extra time on, because you know it is a read that's important. It's not overdoing it where you working on things that aren't going to be done in games. Like, there's a lot of snaking that goes on in games. There's a lot of rescreening. You know, because de- defenses switch. You want to get the matchup that you want. So you come off once, you may not, they may not switch, or they might switch, but you might want to switch back. So then you, you just have to rescreen to get that re-switch to get the matchup that you want. So there's a lot of sort of things that go on in that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so what about now, let's talk about the reads, though. Now the four other guys on the right. court. And that's the thing, pick and roll isn't just about the screener in the in the ball handler. We'll talk about the screener reads, but like then there's three other players to read. So, you know, right. go into the, so let's go into the screener stuff. Yeah. So the three other pay players are usually gonna be positioned, okay, usually, normally. Mm-hmm. Both corners would be filled. Sure. Okay. And one of the strong side wings would be filled. Uh, sure. You know, the slots. Yeah. So you got to be able to understand when you come off the say it's a middle pick and roll, you got to be able to know how the defenders in the corners and in the slot are playing the ball, right? And and be able to make those reads. Ideally, as a point guard, you'd want to 
get the screen coming to the two-man side. Okay. Okay. So that leaves what we call a single side bump. Sure. Okay. Uh, you know, with a one single side defender on the weak side. So if you can manipulate it to where you're attacking and going at the two-man side, it leaves a single side bump on the weak side, which that's that's the scenario you want to try to get to in a pick and roll. And like you said, now it just becomes a read. You know, where are the defenders? Is is the defender really tagging on your roller? Then you've got to be able to execute the cross-court hook pass, jump pass, skip pass, whatever. Um, if, if the big comes up and plays the ball, you got to be able to go over the top with your lob pass. So that's mm-hmm. your second read. Um, if if the, the big stays way back in a drop, floater, floater, pull up, jump shot. If the strong side guy comes off the corner, you got to be able to kick it right to the corner. If you come off the pick and the and the slot defender is like way in at the elbow, you got to be able to kick it right to the to the slot offensive player. So those are you know there's basically four guys you got to read. Yeah. How's the role being played? How's the single side bump being played? How are you being played? How are you being played? Yeah. Did your defender get caught on the screen? Yeah. A lot of things. But, yeah. again, if you do your job with the passing, at the shots that you get, like, this stuff now is just sort of making the reads because you've worked on all these little things that you're doing, all the mm-hmm. types of passes and the types of shots and the speed in what you're doing and changing speeds and setting your man up, like, all that stuff you've covered. So, you know, I think, I think it's a really good, really good deal. And, Look, I think we covered some good stuff. Like yeah. We covered, you know, handling the ball. We covered passing the ball. We covered offense. We covered, I guess, some uh, something we didn't really go into was like Defense. finishing layups. Yeah. You know, reverse layups, layups, floaters. Just have some type of a package of finishing uh, that's important. Now, defensively, we'll go into it for a couple of minutes and then we'll end it. But right. what do you think is important defensively? Uh, number number one is you got to be able to to control the ball, uh, control penetration. Control the dribble, uh, not get beat on straight line drives. But to me, the number one job defensively of a point guard. Okay, we're not talking about pick and roll stuff here, but you got to be able to play that ball straight up uh, and not give driving lines. Make them play left to right. A lot of times they want to play left to right anyway because they just play with the ball. Right. But number one thing defensive, get back, stop the ball, yeah. and transition, and then being able to control that ball. And, and keeping it out of the paint. Yeah, I think you have to influence the ball handler one way. Like I think too many people play him straight up, and then it allows that ball handler to attack either side. I think really picking whichever side you want to force him to, and then also, also trying to limit your fouls. Mm. You know, forty-five feet to twenty feet away from the basket. Like if you're going to foul, you know, foul, uh, take a good foul in the paint or what have you. But trying to limit it, limit your reaching and your holding especially on pick and roll play, being able to, you know, try to get skinny and get through the screen. But, you know, being able to keep the guy in front, pick and roll defensively, being able to, you know, being able to influence him one way, get through that screen, take the initial hit, but don't die on the screen. I think those are sort of, those, those things are important. And then hand positioning and not fouling. Yeah. And that's one thing that I see so many high school kids, uh, you know, they, they're so undisciplined with their hands and they're reaching. Yeah. You know that they, they really they really learn a lot of bad habits, uh, and and one thing I've learned from you is it's really important to to show your hands. Yeah. You know, and so many times in high school they reach and they gamble and they get out of position, 
Um, even in the pros we see, you know, I, I hate guys that gamble in the backcourt. The problem is you gamble, right, and you get it. Everybody thinks it's great. Yeah. They don't see the eight up. Like, I think I think if you gamble out of ten times, you might get something one, one and a half times right. out of ten, maybe even less. So I think I'd rather be disciplined, not foul 80% less and get deflections versus steals. Because deflections may lead to steals. But, like, if you – to me, I want to keep those guys on the floor. Like, especially yeah. if my point guard's really good. If they're going to get cheap foul early and then you foul somebody on the shot, now you're two fouls with a minute and a half in. Now you either got to play passively for the rest of your rotation or you got to play or you got to get out. So I think trying to really discipline. You don't have to be a stopper. You just got to be smart, being able to force people into tough contested shots without leaving your feet, <clears throat> without fouling. I think you're you're valuable, but those things are important. Yeah, especially you know, in a, in a high school. If I'm a high school point guard, um, eventually, you know, if you just play solid defense, eventually, they're going to end up giving you the ball. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. There's so many turnovers in a high school just game keep for the them most in part. There. Just, just, just keep in the game. And the, and the second thing I think for, for defensive point guards is is you got to teach them. And stress not fouling jump shooters. No doubt. Stay on your feet. Stay standing. Stop, stop all that short. jumping around. Close out short. Yeah. And just right to the guy right or the girl. Him. But just put your hand up. And that's it. Like too that's much. It. Too many people want to get cute with being able to jump, like be the second guy off the floor, and then like not foul. But there's no way you're not going to foul 30, 40% of the time. And why? Like why? And, and and even if you don't follow, but leaving your feet, it allows you to do that. Tony Parker was the first guy I'd ever seen do it, where he would take you two dribbles, fake you come up. They don't. He doesn't try to initiate the foul. He'll throw a quick pass and cut to the basket. Yeah. Your ass is get in you the air. Yeah. Get you up. Give and go. Pass and give and go. So just stay on the floor. So many That's bad so things important. happen. Yeah, yeah. So many bad things happen. When and you and you know, I, you know, teaching guards, you know, point guards, all that. Way back 20 years ago, we'd teach them on the closeout. You know, you run halfway and then you choppy step. No one chop steps. Ah, that's done. That's good in practice. Yeah, but yeah. to me, your closeout, you end your closeout with a one-two step. Yeah. Just one-two, and you keep both feet on the ground, Yeah, and you get your hand up. Yeah, if you're going to get beat if you're gonna get beat with a three-point shot, so be it. Like, like be in position where, you know, you're not going to foul. They're not going to be able to just drive by you. And you know, or or give and go. Look, if they're gonna make some threes, they make some threes. You adjust, but like leaving your feet, just not. I, I don't think it's a good option because at the best, the best the best scenario out of that is you're gonna he's gonna miss the shot. You're not gonna foul. But how yeah. many times does that actually happen? And, and the other thing, you know, we and this is you know where I, I disagree with a lot of NBA coaches now, and they say you gotta run them off the line. Run you gotta run them off the line. Yeah. Well, the guys are so good nowadays. That running them off the line, sidestep. All they do is sidestep yeah. with the dribble, and it's still a three-point shot. You're in rhythm, and you're out of the play. You're out of the play, and you're. Or they say, "Well, come back for a rearview contest," but that's very, bullshit. yeah, very few times. That's, that's coach speak to me. That's coach speak. That's I, cliche. You know, and there's a lot. Of, that's a great. That that sounds great in the clinic. It does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that running off the line stuff, make him shoot it too. Yeah. Nah. And, I did. Eh, I did okay. a little. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, the last. You know, to me, point guards at the end of the game are going to have the ball, and if it's a close game, they're the ones that are going to have to go to the foul line. Sure. So you got to be a ninety percent foul shooter, like in the last four or five minutes of a game. You, yeah. You got to be able to make pressure free throws as, to be a really good, sure. good point guard. Yeah. 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 Free throws are important. That, and and 
I, I do agree with that. Like as a, as a, a point guard, you've got to be able to shoot eighty percent from the line. I mean, probably more. Yeah. But if you're not <laughs> shooting, yeah, if you're not shooting eighty percent from the line, you're really screwing yourself because you're gonna have the ball in your hands. They're gonna foul. You're gonna get to the line, and then like you've seen it too many times. Teams up two or three. You're up two or three. They keep fouling you because they know you're just a sixty-eight percent, seventy-one percent free throw shooter. Right. You're gonna get the ball back, and, and a lot of times you're gonna come up with one point in a possession or no points in a possession, and then come down to score. And I think the last thing you say, free throw shooting, and I think it's important. Yeah, um, is switching. You know. Yeah. So play one on one. I think to be a good teammate, what? Look, point guard, you need personality, right? You need to be. Almost like, I don't like to say that bullshit coaching the floor, but it's true. But like, you take your bigs at the end of practice and play one-on-one with sure. them. Sure. Because it's going to help you. Long switches. And it's going to help them. them. And also, like Jeff Van Gundy would say, and I think Jeff Van Gundy's by far the best guy in the business at breaking down the game. Him and Huey Brown are unbelievable. But he does say a lot of great things, and he would say, look, on the switch, you know, attack the big, like, on, on just like, you know, getting them to move their feet laterally with crossing over, like moving side to side. And I think that's really, really true. Too many times, you know, guards try to do too much. Just set them up, boom, you know, try to move them side to side and get to the basket. You know, you know, too many times, like, you got to take advantage of switching. And I think that's what you got to do. But I think we covered some good things. We covered yeah. on the ball, off the ball, setups, you know, what's important. You know, look, I think assisted turnover is really important for a point guard taking care of the ball. Assists are a little overrated to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, you know. Because if you have good shooters, or you play against zones and you're just throwing yeah. the ball, I, I think you. To me, I break down actual game reads. I think the yeah. reads. Did you make the right? Did play? you right the, make the right play? The right decision. The right decision. Yeah. Sometimes doesn't lead to an assist. Hockey assist is good too. You know. Yeah, the right decision is more important than you know getting ten or twelve assists. Can you live in the paint? Can you give it to the your players where they need it and when they need it? It's what mm-hmm. made Jason Kidd so great, you know, in his coach, in his playing career. You know, did you take care of the ball? Did you live in the paint? Did you give it to your teammates where and when? You know, where they want it, when, where they want it, and when they need it. And you know, look, were you? Did you make good reads and you make good plays? I think that's important. Yeah. So I know, I know you got one more. I, I know yeah. you got one more. Right. Hat in your, your, you, know. you know what else is important is sports drink. Okay. And today's episode hold, hold of Hold on. Hold on. Jack Furtick, because I know you're one of the 11 people. Yeah, he is. Our man Furtick. I think you need to log on to Sports Drink, to be honest with you, Furtick, okay? Yeah. And I'll see you on Thursday. And Furtick's advice to me was hey, when you read those ads, do it with a smile on your face. I had no idea what he meant. Well, they both say that we got faces for radio, so we yeah, should smile. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but anyway, on. today's episode of Caught in the Net uh, is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler, Sweet Chuck. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Uh, sportsdrink.org or open their Instagram and type in Sports Drink, spelled like Sports Drink but without the vowels, sweet check. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Until next week, sweet Chuck. Uh, this has been caught in the net. We'll see you guys when we see you. See you when we see you. Wait.